Victory Over Persia Day? (laughs) I haven't seen that one go on very recently. Roman Independence Day? That doesn't exactly draw a crowd. The least of the church holidays is still a vastly bigger deal than really any holiday outside the church, even something like a a Super Bowl victory. Uh, Days like Transfiguration, after all, celebrate life-changing realities uh, that literally we can define our lives by. You can get a, a million people together because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. But do you think you could do that again on the one-year anniversary? Two years? Five years? Ten years? Two thousand years? I don't know if we'll even know what football is anymore after two thousand years. Events like the Transfiguration, though, uh, point out realities that change our lives, that change the world, and are therefore significant for all time. And that's why we continue uh, to be fed and nurtured uh, by uh, the, the gifts uh, of God that we recall in, in the Transfiguration Sunday. Uh, you can go back even before the Transfiguration, really, to see how God worked in that powerful way. Time is about 1400 B.C., Moses goes up on the mountain and meets God. An amazing, momentous occasion. Uh, The uh, mountain is covered with a, a cloud in which God's presence is veiled because you, you can't look directly at God and live, God says to Moses. The appearance of the mountain is that of a consuming fire to the people below uh, who are commanded to not even touch the mountain unless they be put to death. But on the mountain itself, in the presence of God, Moses hears the covenant, receives uh, the, the promises of God and commands of God that define his gift of relationship with his people. Well, in our Old Testament reading, we hear about the, the meal with the, the elders, and that foreshadows the Lord's Supper. It won't even bother to go into that because we'll be here all day then. Like I said, it's a rich celebration. I'll have to leave some of that aside and talk about it next year. Not that I'm telling you what you have to preach on next year, Pastor. But there on the mountain, uh, when Moses comes down, the Israelites see him with a glowing face just from the reflected glory of God's presence. And the word uh, that they hear is so powerful uh, that it says that they cannot bear to hear it. Fast forward about 600 years. Time is 800 B.C. And Elijah goes up on the mountain and meets God. Another momentous occasion. 
Elijah is worn out from the difficulty of ministry, jaded uh, by the evil and wickedness that he sees all around. Uh, And there on the mountaintop, he he sees the and hears the glory of God's presence coming in a a, a, a smashing wind, a, a raging fire, and an earthquake. Uh, But then he hears God's voice speaking in a whisper. Words of comfort that God has preserved his people and will go on to preserve his people. Though wickedness may seem to flourish, a remnant has been maintained by God's grace. A people belonging to God who will continue to uphold his word. And Elijah is given a commission for a changing of the guard. Uh, The new prophet and a new king will be appointed. Then we come to our gospel lesson. 800 years later, Moses and Elijah come down to the mountain and meet God. Well, right away we see something a little bit different going on here, don't we? Moses and Elijah are in heaven, and God is on earth. The roles have been reversed in a a rather striking fashion, haven't they? That's what Epiphany is all about, as we bring that to a climax here in Transfiguration, is the recognition of Jesus' incarnation and the powerful meaning of that, that God is here on earth. Moses and Elijah in heaven have to come down to earth uh, to speak to the presence of God in Christ on the mountain of transfiguration because God has taken up residence amongst his people. God has come in the flesh uh, to walk and talk with his people, uh, to reveal his love tangibly to them. And so Moses and Elijah coming down from heaven, down from heaven to earth, once again receive words of comfort, assurance that God will preserve his people, the announcement of a a changing of the guard, and a new prophet and a new king appointed as Christ himself as our prophet, priest, and king, uh, takes control of his world and comes to preserve his people. His face and clothing glow like Moses, but here it is not the reflected glory of God's presence. It is the glory of God himself shining in his face. Uh, the glory veiled and hidden by his humility uh, that is nevertheless always there and always has been. The uh, incarnation, the miracle of uh, Christ's incarnation, God's coming to earth is peeled back just a little for us to see behind that humble human form the glory that truly resides in it as the Son of God. 
And we hear that just as we did at Jesus' baptism, the Father's proclamation announcing Jesus to be the perfect revelation of his will, of the Son of God to whom we should listen. And Peter gets caught not listening, coming up with his own crazy ideas, and we could dwell on that for some time as well. Uh, for this time, we'll just give him a pass, as we often end up doing similar things ourselves after all. But here, when we see Jesus revealed in a way that's truly striking, God's presence among us no longer veiled by the cloud. The cloud that has heretofore shown God's presence is really not much of a visible image after all, is it? Throughout history, God appeared in a pillar of cloud by day to his people during the Exodus to lead them through the desert. He descended on Mount Sinai in a cloud. He filled the first and second temples uh, with a cloud uh, and his glory descended on it. When you think of a cloud, though, what, what actually do you see? Not really anything, is it? There's not a lot of informative detail in a cloud. Well, you may look up to a, a big cumulus up in the, the sky, and it looks like Mickey Mouse or something. Uh, but if you were to get closer to it, what does it look like? A mist. And the closer you get, the more it actually disappears away from you. Uh, revelation of God in a cloud is, is like that, uh, a revelation that is not one we can grasp onto very easily, not one that can uh, be truly present among us. But now we see that God's presence is no longer an obscurity and no longer a, a, a phantasm of mist, but solid, tangible, visible, Christ. In Christ, God has come to make himself present uh, for us to see and understand. As God's, uh, the Father's voice uh, points to, to Christ as the revelation of his will, Christ then points his disciples to his death and resurrection as the definition of of his mission. And Jesus says to them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Apart, uh, just as God the Father cannot be fully known apart from Christ, uh, as Christ makes God's presence and his will for us real and tangible and physical, in the same way, Jesus' death and resurrection is utterly essential to grasp his significance for us. Apart from his death and resurrection, the people had uh, attributed all sorts of identities and meanings to him. Some said he was Elijah. Some said he was John the Baptist. Some thought he was a prophet. Some thought he was a heretic. 
It is in his death and resurrection that we see who Jesus truly is and what he's all about. Uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, the Son of God who has overcome death and the grave by the power of his uh, eternal life. Jesus' resurrection uh, makes his identity and mission tangible and real for us. As on another mountain, just shortly thereafter, uh, he would hang on the cross between, not Moses and Elijah, but between two thieves uh, to share an entirely different kind of company surrounded by our sin. Uh, He paid the price uh, for that sin so that we could have his eternal life. And so 2,000 years later, the phenomenon continues. And Christians and uh, believers all around the world uh, gather to meet God, and not on a mountaintop, but around the pulpit and the altar and the font, rejoicing in what God has revealed to us uh, that is still just as true today as it was then, that God has come to earth for us, to rescue us. That in his ministry on earth, in his death and resurrection, and in the the manifestations of his death and resurrection that he has given us, uh, we receive the blessings of his presence in baptism, in absolution, in the hearing of the gospel, in the eating and drinking of our Lord's body and blood in the sacrament of the altar. We find and meet God here on earth. The God who has come from heaven to earth. As shocking and difficult as it may sound. And so that many still wrestle with it or even dispute it. The idea that God could be on earth. But it is indeed his own promise. Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. Jesus said, wherever two or more of you are gathered in my name, there I am with you. That God actually comes to earth. And the glory of heaven surrounds us. Though we may not be able to see it in those terms, at least not with our earthly eyes. The eyes of faith, according to his word, we recognize uh, that in his means of grace, uh, the blessings of heaven, the glory of heaven, is exactly what we receive. And we come to know that God is among us, that he has not forgotten us, he has not forgotten his promises to us uh, to save us from sin, death, and the devil. But he will be faithful to carry them out. 
and the world looks uh, for security and meaning in, in so many different places. To pleasure or power or piety of their own righteousness. Uh, trying to discover some grounds of confidence. The world mocks Christianity for our, our focus on Christ and what he has given us. And yet, it takes so little effort to peel away and peek behind uh, those seemingly humble outward things to see what God has spoken about them and see the glory of God shining through, revealing uh, his wonderful, gracious miracle to be present among us for our salvation. Uh, to take on humble form, to become man, uh, to endow mere bread and wine with his body and blood, and thereby to be present among us for the forgiveness of sins. When we recognize the wonderful privilege uh, God has given us to receive him, in our own lives, uh, to see his glory, not on a, a mountaintop as a, a once in a millennium sort of thing, uh, but uh, whenever we hear his word and receive his sacraments, uh, we realize uh, that we are living eternal life right now blessed by his gracious disposition towards us and his coming to us to redeem us. May that peace that is beyond all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we await the day of his glorious return. Amen.